Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, nice to be back home. Uh, We have been at West Calgary Full Gospel Church for the last 11 Sundays, I guess, preaching there, but it's always nice to be home and see everybody. Blake, haven't seen you for so long. Really nice to see you and everybody. Let's, uh, Let's pray before I preach. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful that you came. Not only that you came to this world, but you came to each one of us. And you revealed yourself. And we found in you everything we need. We're so grateful to belong to you. I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that there will come a fresh revelation in our hearts and in our spirits of who you are and what you have done. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to present you and honor you in this, your house today. Pray the Spirit of God will hover over us and brood over us. I pray that you will come this morning to every individual heart and you'll stop by where they're sitting and you whisper in their ear, I love you. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And touch our hearts, we pray in his name, amen. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born into this world. What an incredible night in the history of the world. Skies were filled with angels singing glory to God. The shepherds left their flocks, came to kneel around the manger where the little child lay. And wise men began their long and hazardous journey to come where he was. I want us to go there in our minds and in our imagination today and stand in that stable and look on that manger and the little one laying there. And I want to ask 
three questions. These are the questions I think I would ask if I were there. I would ask, who are you? There's something unusual about this little child. For there shines above the place where he is laid a magnificent star. It's not every child that fills the heavens with angels singing. And so I ask the question, who are you? The second question that I ask is, why did you come? If you are who I think you are, and why did you come to this world, and why did you come this way? And the third question that I would have to ask myself is, so what should I do? What's my response? So question number one is, who are you? I have neither the time nor the words to adequately describe who he is. The whole Bible is about him. It is said in the volume of the book, Genesis to Revelation, in the volume of the book, it is about me. And so it is. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Psalms, he is the shepherd. In Malachi, he's the one who will rise with righteousness in his wings. In Matthew, he's the king. In Mark, he's the servant. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. And in Revelation, he's king of kings and he's lord of lords. But that's only a little bit about who he is. So I thought I would isolate it down to heaven's witness because that's where he came from and where he was known best. So the angels came to Mary, and here's what they said about him. Luke 1.35, the Holy One. The Holy One, the one who is absolutely without sin, pure, undefiled. The Holy One that is to be born will be called the Son of God. In answer to the question, who are you? The answer is, he is the Son of God. John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That's who he is. The angel said, to Joseph, Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Quoting from Isaiah 7, 14. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being translated means God with us. So to answer the question, who are you? The answer is, It is God 
who created the entire universe. It is God with us. Paul later wrote in 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifested in the flesh. That's who he is. To the shepherds, the angels said, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. To answer the question, who are you? He is the Savior. Luke 10, 15, 10 says, the Son of Man has come into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. He is the Savior. He is the Christ, that is, the Anointed One, the Messiah. And He is the Lord. That's who he is. The second question is, why did you come? Why would Almighty God, the creator of the universe, come to this world? Why? There are several answers. The first reason is because he made a promise. When the guilty pair stood in the garden, facing divine judgment and expulsion, God spoke a word of promise. He said, there will come a seed of the woman, and that seed of the woman will restore everything that you have lost. All through the years, the promise was reinstated. The prophet spoke over and over again about the coming one. In fact, the underlying message of the Old Testament, there's a whisper of the word, someone is coming. And Paul summed it up in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when he said, in the fullness of the time, in the fullness of the time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman. Why did you come? I came to keep a promise. The second reason he came was to reveal God to us. He came to show us what God was really like. John 1.18 said, no one has seen God at any time. When Moses said, I want to see your face, God said, you can't live. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father he has declared him. That word declared means revealed and unveiled. You know, when a sculpture is made, it is often covered. And if you look at a, at a sculpture, it's covered 
you have some kind of an idea of what it's like. But until the cover comes off, it's only then that you can see the details and understand its purpose. So in the Old Testament, in a sense, God was veiled. We had some kind of idea what he was like. But until Jesus came, we could not really understand what God was like. So if you want to know what God was like, you can look at Jesus. And when I look at Jesus, I see him with compassion reach out and touch a leper and heal him. And I see demonstrated the God of the Old Testament, Jehovah Rophi, my healer. I see him as he kneels down in the dust of the Jerusalem street with a woman who's been taken in adultery. The people want to stone her. But he kneels down beside her in the dust. This is Almighty God who spoke the worlds into existence. Kneeling with a fallen woman, writing on the ground. I believe that he wrote on the ground, I forgive you. I love you. And I see there a picture of God. I discover he's the one who forgives. He's the one who restores the fallen and the broken. He's the one that brings hope to the hopeless. He's the one that gets down with us where we are. And I see a picture of God. I see him take a little child in his arms put his hands upon the little child. And I realize, as the psalmist said, that the stars are the work of his fingers. It's hard for me to visualize that, but this I can understand. When he takes a little child in his arms, said, this is what the kingdom of God is like, and you can come to me and I'll take you into my arms and I'll hold you to my heart. And I find out what God is like. He's not some austere being somewhere off in space. But he has come here in the person of Jesus to show us what he is like. Hebrews 1 and 3 said he is the express image of the person of God, the exact likeness. Said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God was like, read the Gospels, the story of Jesus, and you will know what God is like. 
He came to reveal God to us. Third reason he came is he came to identify with us. He became one of us so he could understand us. As someone once said, you can never understand anybody unless you walk a mile in their shoes. So he left heaven, came to earth, clothed himself with human flesh. For 33 years, he walked in our shoes. He knew what it was to be hungry and to be weary. He knew what it was to weep. He knew the feel of betrayal. Everything that we have ever experienced, he experienced. The reason I say that is because this is what it says in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 2, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. For in that he himself suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. It says in another place in Hebrews that he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And sometimes when I come to the Lord with the burdens of my life and the limitations of this flesh, I hear him whisper to me and say, I know what that's like. I've been there. He humbled himself, became a man, and among men became a servant. He came to identify himself with us. And fourth and finally, he came to be our savior. That was his supreme purpose. He was born to die. The angel who spoke to Joseph said, Matthew 1.21, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And when he was revealed to the world and walked past the Jordan River, John the Baptist cried out, Behold, look, see, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He came to be our Savior. So the question is, what are we to do? How should I respond? And there's two things I want to talk to us before I finish preaching. The first is, we need to receive him. The Bible says, John 1, 11 and 12, he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Think about it when he came. How few people even noticed that he had come or cared. His whole nation rejected him because he didn't come the way they expected him. They expected him on a white horse to deliver them from Rome, but he came as a little baby in a manger. He had a different purpose, a different agenda. 
And so they missed him. But it says as many as received him. As many. That gets you and I in the door. As many as received him by an act of their will, by a decision of their heart. He gave the right to become the children of God. I do not know all of you, but I want to be sure to introduce you to the Savior. If you've never met him, I want to tell you this. He loves you absolutely, unconditionally. He loves you. He has come and paid the price for your sins and for mine. And my part is to receive him, to open up my heart by an act of my will, to invite him to become my Lord and my Savior, to forgive my sins, to cleanse me and make me absolutely whole. If you've never committed your life to Christ, then I encourage you today to reach out to him. Open your heart. He's calling you. He said, come unto me, all of you, no exception. All of you, but especially those who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And I promise you this, if you come to him, you will be forgiven. You will find a peace you've never known. You will find a joy that is beyond description, and you will be prepared for eternity in heaven. Receive him. And the last thing I want to talk about this morning in response to who he is and why he came is worship. The Bible says about the wise men who made a long journey, possibly two years in length. And when they were asked, why have you come? They boiled it down to this one thing. They said, we have come to worship him. Worship is the overflowing adoration of the heart. It's called in the book of Acts, ministering to the Lord. It's our love language to him. It's an acknowledgement of who he is, how great, how awesome, how powerful, how wonderful he is. There's two scriptures I want to leave us in conclusion. One is a commandment and one is an invitation. In the book of Psalms, verse, chapter 45, verse 11, it says, because he is the Lord, worship him. If you ask yourself the question, why worship him? The answer is because he's the Lord. Because of who he is, how great he is, our creator, our Lord, our savior, our king of kings. Worship him. But there is also an invitation, Psalm 95 verse six. Says, oh come, Psalmist is going someplace and he wants us to come with him said, oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. 
So the question the Holy Spirit put in my spirit this week as I prayed about this message were the words regarding the wise men. They said, we have come to worship. And I heard the Lord speak to me. I'll pass it on to you for whatever it's worth. He said, why have you come? He was talking about coming to church on Sunday morning. Why have you come? That's a good question for all of us. Why did we come? Leave our nice warm homes and our fireplaces and our cup of coffee? Get in our automobiles and drive here? The question is, why did we do that? Well, for some, they might say, well, to see my friends. That's a good reason to come. I'm thankful for the friends we have in this house, but that's not the primary reason. The primary reason is we have come to worship. That's what we were made for. That's what we were redeemed for. That's why we've come here today. We have come to worship Him. So in a moment, the worship team will lead us in this beautiful song. And as they lead us in this song, song, I want you to enter in and begin to worship the Lord. If you're most comfortable sitting doing it, that's fine. Said that in heaven they're sitting around the throne, worshiping the Lord. If you want to stand and raise your hands, that's good too because it says in the book of Revelation that they stood around the throne and they sang holy, holy, holy. But perhaps today, if you're physically able, you might want to kneel. We don't do that much in church anymore and I'm not sure why. But I think sometimes it's good to kneel, to acknowledge who he is, take our place as servant at his feet. Because it's said about the elders that they cast themselves down before the throne and begin to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So that's what we're going to do as we close this service this morning. We're going to sing this song. If you'd like to kneel, maybe it's not easy in those benches. You might want to come up around the front. Just take a few moments and kneel before the Lord. Or if you want to worship where you sit or stand, it's good. So we've heard about it, so let's do it for a few moments before the service is dismissed. Worship team, lead us on. Pastor Tim will come when he feels it's appropriate to close the service. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.